What is up, everybody? Welcome to Recruiting is No Joke. Got your host, Joel Algy here, representing Hirewell. And I'm super excited today. We've got a great guest in store. We've got Nick Marticelli from Barstool Sports. He is a director of talent acquisition. He's got a great background that involves agency uh, and in-house. Uh, so we're going to be ch chatting about um, you know, everything that's going on in his world, the team, how he's using LinkedIn uh, to, to get candidate traction, and, um, and a whole bunch more. So I will stop rambling here, but Nick, welcome to the show. Good to have you. I know we've been going back and forth for a while, so good to have you here. I'm stoked to be here. I appreciate it. So why don't you tell us where where are you? Uh, it looks like you're at the office. I'd love to hear a little bit about what the what the office is like is life is like over there, and uh, and what you guys are up to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm in the barstool headquarters right now. I'm up on the third floor. We have two different floors. Um, so downstairs, really big content area. So we have green rooms, studios, a gambling cave where it's just dozens of televisions up on the wall with couches. Um, bar area. So it, it's a bit of a, a fun place down there. Um, upstairs, still a fun place, still have a bar area, still have like some couches and everything. Um, but a little bit more what you would expect from an office, you know, lots of desks that aren't covered in uh, Funko Pops and, you know, sports jerseys, things like that. So um, it's really busy right now. We have a lot of content being filmed today. Um, we have a new series coming out called Surviving Barstool. So um, they're filming that live in the office. We have content creators who have been sleeping in the office since Sunday. So um, <laughs> it, it's definitely unique right now. Matt, and how, how long have, so how long have you been over at Barstool for now? I've been here a year and a half. Um, so it's been, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, yeah, I bet, man. And uh, I'll just say hi to a couple of people out there as well. We've got uh, Vincent. Vincent, good to see you. See what Vincent says. Where's Dave? All right, we're not Miami. Nick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna try and keep uh, keep on topic here. But uh, Vincent, good to see you. And then we've got uh, the other Dave here as well, David. So uh, good to see you too. And Roddy, good to see you. Um, so Nick, obviously you started out um, on the agency side uh, of the business. So I, I know. Um, I guess last week it was a similar story. So I'm always curious, like why, why recruiting? Like how did you get started and, and then what made you make the switch to go internal as well? Super curious about that. Yeah. Um, I think the same answer that everyone gives, like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't as a child thinking I was going to be a recruiter. Um, <laughs> my so, kids might, you know what? My kids yeah. might actually want to be a recruiter. So I mean, you make it, you make it seem fun and obviously it's a good career for you. Maybe, maybe my future kids will want to do it too, but <laughs> um, I didn't know anybody that was a recruiter really, or I guess the few experiences I had with recruiters, you know, they were spotty hit and miss kind of thing. And so um, I was actually working for uh, enterprise rent-a-car. I was doing their whole like management training program thing. And I was out in Los Angeles and I visited New York and was just blown away. It was so different from anything I'd ever seen. Um, I loved riding the subway. I loved, you know, you looked up and just surrounded by this concrete jungle and I just knew I had to be part of it. So I told uh, Enterprise I wanted to move to New York and they said, no problem, we'll transfer you. Yeah. And they said, where will you be living? And I gave them my address in Manhattan and thought it was all done. So two weeks before I got here, I followed up and said, Hey, you know, I still haven't gotten my office in New York. And they said, Oh, shoot, we forgot about that. Um, 
do you want to work at JFK for an overnight shift? And I said, no. Um, so I put in my notice and decided to keep on with my mission of moving to New York. And I just started applying to everything. I, for about two weeks straight, I had interviews twice a day. Um, I, I had enough in savings to maybe last me like two months of rent. So it was really kind of, you know, do or die. And so I was ready to take on two jobs if I had to, you know, work in part time. But um, I went on this interview for Aerotech Aston Carter and uh, thought it was really interesting and kind of blended my experience of like sales and getting to connect with people, building relationships with people. And I thought that was really unique. Um, and so they really, you know, kind of brought me in there and I had some great mentors there um, who really taught me, you know, how to recruit well. And so I started off doing like the whole temp thing, like temp to perm um, for accounting and finance. And then from there was promoted into a like full desk type role, um, was working directly with like guy they brought over from England. So, you know, got that kind of perspective as well. I think people who work in agency kind of understand there's like this whole literally other world across the pond of what they do in recruiting. They keep um, trying to come over here though, right? They do. Um, I think they do well. I mean, <laughs> everyone that I've met um, through him. And so, yeah. Um, you know, I got to get his perspective, but I really kind of from getting to work with managers at some of these like clients we had, like in banking, um, you know, really wanted to learn more, like what goes on on the other side? Like, how do you guys get jobs approved? And like, what happens once these people get hired? So I started looking for full-time uh, in-house jobs and really it was kind of tough. And I was just open-minded where it didn't matter to me if it was New York or California where I'm from. And so I went back to California and took a job there um, and it was fine. I, I really don't have much to say about it. Um, you know, it was a good experience, but from there um, got a really exciting opportunity to come back to New York and work for a startup called Common that does um, like property technology and housing management. And so uh, that's where I really learned like the fast paced, how to manage um, an ATS, how to really kind of just do it all. Um, and from there, you know, had a great time and was loving it, um, you know, was managing a team. And um, at a certain point, though, like the strategy kind of shifted internally and in some of the our recruiting style and things like that. And so I kind of just was ready for a new opportunity. And so I sat down one day and thought about, you know, where would you like to work? Like, you know, everybody would love to work for a dream job. Like it's a dream job. That's why it's a dream. I mean, so I, I wrote a list, you know, these places, you know, Barstool, Salesforce, like all those, you know, big pipe dream type companies. And so I went on LinkedIn and sure enough, there was an opening. Um, so I reached out to Barstool and uh, applied just like anyone else. And uh, I tried to be persistent. I didn't get any responses, but I was able to get an interview. And through those interviews, um, you know, was hired as their first talent acquisition manager. So I actually came in as the first ever uh, talent acquisition recruiting hire ever for Barstool. And they were about almost 250, 300 employees around that time. So I'm not sure. It's a little bit wild what they were doing, but uh, I was glad I was able to come in and kind of grab the horns of it and everything. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is a leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. 
If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. I'd, I'd love to know too, you know, in, in terms of like the major differences between agency and internal, because I think that's an idea, um, at least with agency recruiters, a lot of the times where, you know, obviously so much of what we do is outbound, outbound, it's connecting with people. It's pretty, you know, pretty focused on, on the headhunting. And obviously we're yeah. screening, we're, we're building relationships and all, all of that stuff and working, uh, hopefully somewhat closely with clients, but what was like the biggest shock for you, I guess, from going to agency to internal. And, um, you know, if you would, if you would like talk to someone who's on the agency side right now, what would be some of the indicators that you would look at to say, you know what, you know, maybe, maybe internal is the right way to go. Like how, how would you make that determination? Uh, I can tell you about my own experience and that was to be honest, I didn't want to do sales uh, anymore and I just wasn't enjoying, um, you know, reaching out to clients and having to bang on doors, uh, running a full desk. Um, and I know that's such like people kind of gather people in our industry, at least they gather that, that it's like, Oh, you went in house. So you didn't want to bang on doors anymore. And it's like, no, I, I didn't. Um, I just wasn't really enjoying doing the whole sales pitch kind of thing. Um, cold calling, you know, trying to get people to, to use our staffing services. So for me, that was part of it. I think the other part was I really kind of just wanted to, I think ever since I was a kid, I've enjoyed like helping and just enjoyed feeling part of a team. And so I wanted to work full time for one team and wanted to really get to build relationships consistently with the same managers. And so what's nice now is like, you know, you have an opening on a team and you already kind of know that manager and you know that team and you know what they do. Um, and when you speak to candidates, you can speak really, really well about that. And so luckily we do have some recruiting partners that, you know, we're pretty selective and, you know, the uh, agencies will work with, but it's the same kind of thing. We do have that relationship with them that they can speak the same way about us. But that was really kind of, for me, what it was, was I guess the mix of not wanting to do sales anymore. And then the mix of really kind of wanting to belong to like one team and one firm uh, to serve their internal employees. Is it is it weird now then kind of being on the other side and seeing like the picture the, like the pictures coming at you from the from the opposite side? Yeah, there's really funny ones. Um, <laughs> I mean, like you know, so the way that staffing works, I guess for people who don't work in staffing, like you know, there's typically like your markup or your burden, whatever you want to call it. So um, there's because the the person's the employer of record you know that they're assuming some risk and they're assuming liabilities and the actual cost of doing it plus the fact that they found them for you um and i've had people try to tell me like oh you know well instead of doing a six-month contract to hire at this rate why don't i cut you a deal and i'll give you a three-month contract to hire at this rate but me knowing you know from the other side i just plug that all into excel and i'm like those are the same total cost. Uh, so you're not giving me a deal. You're giving me two options of, you know, X amount. So it, it's so that, so yeah. that, that doesn't work. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's definitely, I'm glad that I have that experience because I'm, I'm pretty yeah. privy to some of that. And I think I learned a lot of uh, those outbound sourcing techniques and things like that, that I'm able to like bring in-house as well. So I'm, I'm curious too, like in terms of like the, the team set up right now, um, like what, what is, what, what does your team setup look like? And, um, you know, I'd also just be curious, obviously you're working with agencies, um, you know, strategically, um, 
I, I guess just walk us through like the process of like how you're making that determination to like, okay, I'm going to outsource this or, you know, okay, we need to bring on a, a full-time resource as well. Um, yeah. Cause obviously I think like right now we're obviously seeing a lot of like huge internal teams that have been built. And now we're kind of seeing obviously a change in the market and now we're seeing a lot of people get laid off. So like walks through like strategically how you're, kind of making that determination as well and, and how your team's viewing that and, uh, you know, how, how are you really partnering with, with others, if, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, so when I first got here, it was only me and I didn't actually come from a media background at all. So a lot of these roles, you know, they were things that I didn't really understand. And so it was really helpful back then, like roles that I thought at the time were complicated and now don't think are complicated. It used to be nice. Um, you know, to be able to partner with these agencies who had more subject matter expertise and, you know, really they could find that hire in a week. Whereas for me, it would take me a week to learn the role and then it would take me longer. So now where we're at is uh, I have a three, a team of three recruiters um, that work with me. And so we don't really have to use agencies as much anymore, especially they've all been here like at least six months or more. Um, and so they're learning, you know, what are our different departments? What do we do here exactly? How does it all interconnect? What do the managers want? Um, and so when we do partner still with agencies, it's usually for something that is going to be way more time consuming than we can really like allocate. So for example, like, you know, if you're doing a lot of entry level to mid-level type roles and they're all things that you're generally familiar with, like, you know, given that you only have like six months media experience, um, you know, you can kind of do that. Like, you know, you have the bandwidth to take that on, but if all of a sudden we get a really senior role and it's something that none of us have touched on before, that's something that might kind of make sense. If it's something that's an urgent hire and there's really not the patience or time for us to um, do that, you know, it would be nice to reach out to our like trusted partners that we have and say, Hey, you know, I've got this role. Do you have anybody in your pipeline already for it? Like, you know, do you have anybody in your network? And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean like it's guaranteed that it has to be that, but, you know, we might work on it and, you know, let them know like, Hey, you know, we're going to work side by side with you. We're going to source, but if you have someone send them over. Um, and that's kind of the relationship that we have with them. Um, but that's, that's usually when we would maybe utilize a, you know, external resource at this point is maybe for something really specialized. That's going to be a heavy lift for us. Yeah, makes makes sense. And I appreciate you giving that that breakdown as well. And I know Laura here, Laura said, so she said running a full desk is such a grind, but internal is also a different type of, sorry, different beast of a grind too, which, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's totally the case, which I don't think, I, di I don't think it's talked about a lot on the agency side, because obviously like agency can just be such, such a grind. But mm -hmm. I mean, how with your team, like, how do you manage things like, you know, even just you know, mental health, obviously, it's just a, such a big deal. But like, how do, how do you manage that grind with your team? And like, what, what are some of the things that you've got in place to, you know, keep people fresh, keep them excited, keep them, uh, you know, not feeling too overwhelmed? Because obviously, you know, when those demands come, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, hiring managers, they want people now. And, and obviously, yeah. you know, you get that. So how do you manage that with your team? Like, how do you keep them? Yeah. I mean, we, we work directly with Erica sometimes and it's fast paced. It's, um, you know, high visibility. And so, um, I think for starters, you know, we have great mental health resources as a company. So when it does come to those sorts of things, um, you know, at the forefront, we have actually a free mental health counseling. So you just make an account and you're matched with a counselor and 
just have your meetings. I've used it. It's great. Um, you know, have weekly check-ins with a counselor um, at no additional cost at all. On top of that, we have unlimited PTO, um, which my team, I can say for sure, definitely uses. Um, you know, people are taking time off all the time. And so I think aside from that, you know, we have a hybrid schedule that we keep. So, you know, come into the office maybe once or twice a week. Um, even then, we're not sticklers on hours necessarily. You know, some of my team, they like to get here around 10. Some of them, they like to get here at 8. Um, and, you know, they just back into those hours of, you know, about an eight-hour day. And then they leave, you know, what's according to that. Take lunch when you want, you know, do what you want. But I think part of it is, you know, you there. so there's those parts of it, you know, making sure that they feel like it's a generally fair and, like, welcoming environment in that sense. Um, I think the other part of it is making sure that the work itself is engaging and interesting. So um, I have one recruiter that he's really interested. He wants to learn more about how pay equity works. Like, you know, why why is it that you would bring someone in for one role at one amount? You bring someone in at a senior level at this amount. Like, how do we get those numbers? Where does that come from? So explaining how, uh, or not explaining, but bringing him into those projects with our counterparts, like, you know, within people operations and payroll to understand how those, like, bell curves of percentiles of different you know ranges work you know if someone has one year experience for a role that's asking for one to three they're going to be paid at a certain point you know things like that so that's something to him that you know especially if you're an experienced recruiter you come in every day you recruit you recruit you recruit you want to learn something new you want to feel challenged you want to feel like you have a say in your development so giving them projects and letting them kind of look around and pick and choose projects that are relevant and make sense, of course, um, you know, of what they want to be part of. So saying, I want to learn how to do more of that. Can I work on that? Yes, do it. Um, that's a project in the works. Be part of it. Um, you know, same thing with the roles we have, you know, not anyone here is assigned to one specific department. Obviously, if someone's really good at something, I'm probably going to ask them to be the one to take it on. Um, but we try to be well-rounded that, you know, if someone wants the opportunity to take on an IT role or they want an opportunity to work on a graphic designer, like, you know, I try to have some, um, they have that autonomy to kind of be like, hey, can I work on that role actually this time? And yeah, absolutely. So I think when you kind of mix in those things that, you know, you feel supported, you feel like you have great benefits, you feel like you can take time off. You have that work-life balance of, you know, hey, I want to work from home today, not for any reason, I just want to. Um, and the work gets done and you kind of have some say in what you get to work on and what you're learning. I, I think it's kind of hard to be burnt out in that kind of situation. Well, I love to, like, obviously the remote hybrid conversation or remote return office, you know, obviously it's just everyone's got a take on it and uh, it works really, really well for clickbait. But one of the things I've noticed with your content is, you know, you'll show pictures of you working in the office and working yeah. from home. And uh, but I, I guess just from like a recruiting, like team perspective, like how, you know, the times that you get together, how important are those times in terms of like strategizing on overall strategy and then, but then, you know, the overall game plan, but then also with like building relationships with, with hiring managers. I mean, how important is it for you guys to, to actually have those genuine times in, in the office? And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, get, I'd just be curious to kind of get your insights on that. I'd say very important just because Barstool, I think it's unique in the sense that our content is here. And so people are here, um, whether it's a marketing person, whether it's a producer, you know, graphic designer, like they're typically here because they're working very closely to what's being produced and created. And so, 
when we come into the office, you know, we're on Slack all the time and we're very, you know, friendly and informal, you know, hey man, I have a quick question. Can you chat? It takes 30 seconds kind of thing. Um, and so it's easy to just kind of get to know someone and build like, you know, a virtual relationship, same way that you and I kind of met each other. But working in the office, you then bump into them and you already have some of that rapport and you already kind of know who they are a little bit. And it's so much easier to get right into. So tell me about this role you have open. How can I help? What are we looking for kind of thing? Um, so I think it's just that's something that's really kind of special here is that everyone kind of orbits around the office in some way or another. You know, you're always like seeing people from different departments and people are very, you know, there's no walls kind of thing. Like, I don't think anyone here has a private office. So uh, Erica does. But aside from that, it's, you know, you're just you're interacting with each other. And I think everyone kind of gets along pretty well. So um, I think it goes a long way with building rapport with our managers, um, being able to understand what they do a lot better and understanding like their team dynamics and getting to talk to those members of those team. Because I've had it before where I've worked back when I first started with Barstool, I was remote for a while. Um, and I would work directly with the managers or the directors, but I never really got to interact with like the analysts or associates. So getting to really put that name to the face there. So the next time that someone has a referral, they reach out to you and, you know, they're excited to talk to you kind of thing. It really just, I think it goes a long way with making sure that recruiting is not siloed and it's really part of this like whole cohesive thing where people get that recruiting is a valued member of their team in the same way that, you know, we all have that with each other, whether it's, people operations, payroll benefits, you know, we all as a team, the whole group, you know, we'll do happy hour, we'll do lunch, um, you know, kind of have meetings together to brainstorm ideas. So I think it goes a long way for us to, to really have that face time together. Yeah, I, I love that too. And I, I think for me, like the, with recruiting, like obviously if you're in like on the agency side, I can totally see, you know, remote can make a lot of sense, but yeah. I'm even start. I, I think, I think even starting to question you know, are people zoomed out? Can you really make that same connection virtually? I, I don't know. And I do think, uh, you know, being in the office, at least some of the time, um, it's huge. And obviously with hiring managers, like you're going to develop a quicker rapport with people if you're face to face and just get a feel for them as, as well. Yeah. Um, but I think you bring up a good point where it just seems like, you know, you treat people like adults, it's flexible, you're able to make your own choices. Um, which, which I think is huge. And then it creates like that, those organic relationships as well. And I think where, to me, where like the return office becomes dangerous is when things start to get forced and it starts to get more of like, this is how you do it instead of looking at it as like, Hey, look, like this is what we're trying to create. And this is like what we're building. And when people experience that, then it's like, they want to, they want to be in the office. And I think I see that with your content where it's like, you're genuinely excited to be there. Yeah. Um, and like you want to be in there, which I, I think, again, it's, it's a big deal. So um, so let's talk a little bit about your your LinkedIn content as well, because obviously uh, you're killing it right now. And, you know, I think you're doing a really smart thing with leveraging, obviously, uh, the Barstool brand, but also like building your own brand. So talk to me a little bit about like how you uh, how I mean, how did you kind of start creating content and how impactful has that been just in general for like, yourself and even just relationships within the company, but then also obviously recruiting as well. Huge. Um, yeah. So huge, I guess, is the, the impact of it, but how I got started in it. I mean, really, I think I was on Twitter one day and I, I saw like some different just clips. Kidding. Yeah. I was on Twitter where Barstool, you know, we're at a lot. Um, 
I was on Twitter and I was looking at some of our like clips and different things like that. And um, my wife is actually also a recruiter. And so we were sitting on the couch and there was just like something that was kind of like a meme. And I turned it to her and I was like, you know, oh, this is like that moment when something, something, you know, at work. And she was like, that's really funny, actually. Like, that's so relatable. And I was like, yeah, I should I should share that somewhere. And I don't really have a following on Twitter or anything like that. But, um, you know, I sometimes share stuff on LinkedIn and it would sometimes get attention. And so I was like, why don't I share this there? And I'll actually kind of use it as a way to share our jobs. Like, you know, I'll find a way to integrate Barstool content with job postings. And super smart. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, no one else on LinkedIn is doing that. And it would be a little bit weird, I guess, if someone who isn't Barstool is sharing Barstool as their content, like that's my gig. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's our brand. So, um, you know, I think that's really kind of just where it started. And I had maybe one or two posts that really kind of just took off, like in my own terms of what is, you know, success or what is viral. Um, and so I was like, huh, like people seem to enjoy this. They seem to like it. And I seem to enjoy it. I like doing it. And I think that was really kind of the biggest thing was just being genuine and authentic to me. Like I didn't want to make any posts that were, um, not something that I would say to my wife or say to my friends. And, um, I think at a certain point I kind of had to just recognize like, that's who I am. Like I am not funny on Twitter. Like I, I'm never going to have a funny thing on there, but I, I like being on LinkedIn. I like talking with people on there. I like talking about business. I like networking. And I was like, you know what? I really need to just lean into it and start just sharing. Hey, this is me. This is what I like to do. I like to talk about jobs. I'm passionate about recruiting. I'm passionate about my company. They, you know, they have an exciting opportunity. Here it is kind of thing. And here's a funny meme. Um, and that's really kind of just how it's taken off. And I think from there, um, thinking of different ideas. So it started with just sharing memes and it's turned into more of how do we do this, you know, around what's going to benefit the company. So showing more about what it's really like to work here. So like you said, like, you know, I post a picture by the pool, but the point isn't necessarily to show off my pool. The point is to show off, <laughs> look at where I can work from. Like this totally. is, this is a reality for people who work here. And, you know, then there's the office. Hey, when I work in the office, I'm sitting at Big Cat's desk. I'm sitting in the rundown chair. Like I'm kind of, I have this freedom at work. Um, the same thing with a trip to, uh, you know, show a picture of Punta Cana. It was like my office closes for a full week in summer and my office closes for a full week in winter. You know, this is what I get to do kind of thing. Um, so all of it, you know, really circles back to this like employer talent branding of, you know, hey, these are funny jokes and hey, these are, you know, sick views. But the point is, I have this because of Barstool. And if it wasn't for them, then, you know, you wouldn't be seeing this kind of thing. And have you, I mean, I guess, have you seen like an impact in terms of like just reaching out to candidates or like, you know, people? Because yeah. I, I, I know, I forget who it is, but there's, there's a couple of recruiters online that, that I see that have just mentioned, like they just become like, the almost like the the spokesperson for the company um and so like anybody that comes through the door it's like you know they they kind of feel yeah. like they've got that relationship so is that something you've experienced as well yeah um one of my recruiters was telling me yesterday they had a phone call with somebody and in the phone call the person was like hey, i was actually on the fence about applying but i mm. saw this article by nick marticelli about why new hires enjoy working there and i saw about the benefits and you know the uber eats credits and all these like zero deductible health plans and i knew i had to 
be part of that. Like I was on the fence until I saw his content. Um, I've had a lot of people from, I would say companies that we want to source from, um, reach out and say, kind of just, Hey, proactively, like, Hey, I'm not on the market right now, but everything you're sharing is something I'd be interested in kind of thing. Like, let me know if you have something, if that fits exactly me. So that's kind of all been really nice. I think the other thing is just our site traffic has really gone up by a lot for the Barstool account. You know, I'll post something that gets however many thousand views. I go to the Barstool account the next day. The Barstool LinkedIn has this a little bit less, but, you know, because not everybody clicks it, but um, it, it all of a sudden has a spike in views as well. And then I go to our greenhouse and I run a report. We have a spike in applications. And so, um, yeah, it's all fun. And I do it because I enjoy it and I do it because I think it's funny um, and I like being there and engaging with people, but I'm also on the clock. And so, you know, you're doing it to show off your brand and you're showing off um, why it's so great to work here. Yeah. And Ray just said, there's a recruiter cap test that I feel that way about. I feel like we have a report and I still tag her in things when people ask me about great companies, that kind of thing. I, and I think like it, to me, that's what it is. It's, you know, it's taken. And I love what you said too. Like, obviously, you're like super laid back guy, like very, um, very easy to, to talk to. And it's like, I feel that through your content as well, you know, and, and I yeah. think that's, that isn't, that's a really important piece to it. And, you know, it's, again, it's just like, you're doing what you enjoy to do. You're not making it something else than it needs to be. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really love that. And like, I'm always going to be a proponent of people doing that. I think the danger obviously then is like, you know, the corporate gets its hands around it and goes, okay, well, we need to come up with some kind of like program to make this something. And, uh, you know, obviously that's, that's, you know, it's not what's happened, but it, it can happen. So, so what about just in, in terms of, um, in terms of like major challenges you guys, guys are facing right now, recruiting wise, or like at least over the last six months, cause I know we're kind of in a, a little bit of an unusual period, at least in the last month or so, but you know, what are some of like the big challenges your team faces, you know, right now? And, and, um, you know, and, and how, how have you been overcoming them? Yeah. Um, I think for us, it's, we've still been busy, you know, we have, we still have a lot of openings. Like we luckily haven't been heavily affected, um, over the last few months. So the market's still hot for us. Um, we're posting a lot of jobs, but we're finding it can be a little bit tough, like with some of like the really qualified candidates that we're going after sometimes, like people are a little bit hesitant to make a move, like if they feel generally comfortable. Um, so have you have you seen that like elevated more recently then? Yeah, yeah, I would say like over the six, last six months or so, like people are a little bit more hesitant to make moves if they feel kind of comfortable. Um, the other thing that can be tough is like we do have some roles that are like pretty highly specialized. Like I hate the whole purple squirrel, purple unicorn, but they're highly specialized. Um, they're unicorn roles. I hate that, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, and those can be. They're always going to be tough. Um, I think one of the unique challenges. It's a. It's a great thing. I think that we do have like such a loving, engaged fan base, and I think through our content that you know the content creators put out. Um, through whatever I put out, a lot of people want to work here. And so we do get a lot of applications, but that does slow us down because I think, at least for myself, I don't like the whole ATS, I'm going to automate something like, so we, we don't really do that. We try to look at as many applications as we can. We try to do Boolean searches to like find applications that are uh, keyword searches that are going to be, you know, relevant to the role. Um, but you're still talking about thousands of applications on some of these roles. 
Um, so we're very fortunate and lucky that, you know, we have such interest from everybody and I'm thankful for it, but it, it does make it a bit tough. So how we overcome it, I think, you know, we do do these kind of keyword searches at times, like through our resumes. So being able to find like the most relevant ones that kind of stand out, whether that's, you know, the name of companies that we source from, whether that's the name of like past positions, um, specific softwares, things like that. I think that's really kind of been the biggest thing for us. The other thing that's really kind of changed, honestly, is putting out more information about ourselves. Like, I think it's one of those things everyone kind of knows, like, you know, what is, I don't know, like the NBA, like, you know what the NBA is, but if I were to ask you, like, what are the benefits or what are the perks or what is the culture like behind the scenes at their New York City headquarters? It's like, oh, I have no idea, but kind of demystifying, I guess, what is it actually like to work at Barstool and what is our benefits and things like that, that's kind of actually helped a bit. Like we've had a handful of candidates that have referenced it and said like, you know, I've, I felt a lot more comfortable after that. So that's definitely going to be something we work on more is like developing that collateral. And I think that's part of being a recruiter that was hired a year and a half ago that never had a recruiting team or talent acquisition function before. And for 12 months I was by myself. So that's why it's all kind of just getting developed now, but I'm excited for it to all come out and to be sharing it with all of you for sure. Yeah, I love that, man. I love it. And uh, someone did, someone asked a, asked a question here too. Uh, okay, so, and and I just want to come back to this because I think with your story too, one of the things you mentioned was you applied mm -hmm. and uh, you know you didn't hear anything back and then you were like, yeah, but I was persistent and then I got the job. So um, I get this question all the time from recruiters usually the recruiters I hear this from are either in like something like retail. I think I hear this a lot in like high volume kind of like trades, uh, healthcare is another one. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, I, I guess what would be some advice, you know, that you would have for like recruiters that are maybe specializing in a field that they're not that passionate about. And like, obviously if you're going for going and applying for like a well-known brand, like what tips do you have for people? Or like, what, what do you think, for you like worked well and like just what advice in general do you have for people that are, that are looking to kind of make a transition like that? Yeah, I think that's kind of really similar to what I did. I, you know, went from the high volume kind of recruiting at Aerotech Aston Carter. And I guess I did pivot for about six months that I did full desk, but from there it was really, I wanted to just get any in-house experience. And so that was the first check mark for me was I need to go in-house somewhere. So I moved all the way across country back to Southern California just to get that in-house. Um, from there, my criteria was I didn't want to do specifically only high volume, you know, type retail recruiting anymore. Um, so what I looked for was I looked for a company that would give me the opportunity to leverage my skills in that high volume, but would also have some other stuff I could work on. So for example, common living, the, um, you know, company I worked for in the past, we had a lot of positions that were high volume at the locations of the homes. So these like apartment buildings across the US, but we also had headquarters buildings. And during my interview, you know, I just asked like, you know, obviously I have experience doing this high volume kind of remote um, hiring for distributed workforce, but will I have the opportunity to work on roles here in the HQ? And they said, yeah. Um, so that was kind of the path that I took to kind of zigzag, you know, from going from this high volume to getting into something that was a little bit more, um, you know, I would say, I don't know, uh, not high volume, like more working in a headquarters um, type of roles, working on operations, you know, customer service, um, you know, things like that. So 
I think that was kind of the path that I took was I really, you know, I didn't try to solve the whole puzzle at once. I looked at, you know, where do I want to get to? And there's no like steps out there. Like there's not a playbook for it. So I just kind of made my own. I said, well, if I can maybe get experience in-house, then I can get experience in-house somewhere else. And if I can get the experience at the second place to be willing to take my high volume and, you know, kind of turn it into something that's a mix and then I could get trained on that. And maybe the next place I can, you know, be fully not high volume and more focused on, on corporate roles. So um, kind of just building out what are those steps that you could possibly take to get to that place um, is what worked for me. No, I love that too. And I think, you know, just in general for anybody that's looking to make any type of switch, it's like you said, I think a lot of times people have like the end goal in mind and then they're so focused on that. And it's like, well, how do I make that jump? And that's really hard. But if you're doing it step by step and going, okay, number one, this is where I want to be. And and just having that understanding that obviously things are going to change as well. And uh, so I think that yeah. is great. I know, uh, I know we've, we've, we're going a little bit over time here guys, but um, why don't we just wrap it up here? And, and Nick, I appreciate your time and I appreciate the fact that you uh, were able to hop on as well. Um, but just, you know, I guess for anybody who's out there, let's say early on in their career, they're, they're looking to get into a position like you're in as, as a director and manage people. Um, you know, what are the types of things that they should be working on right now to get to that place? And like, just what advice would you have for, you know, particularly if they're new into a company, like how, how do you kind of get yourself into a position where, you, where you're ready for management and, and building a team out? Um, I would say it started with learning, uh, you know, just being open to those ideas. So I think right now, the, one of the reasons I love working at Barstool is because the values are so close to my own. Um, so being open to new ideas, using common sense, um, being really autonomous, like, you know, really being a self-starter. So showing your manager that I understand what I'm doing and I understand how to do it and I'm ready to take on more. Um, but the way that you get to that point is through reps, you know, experience and learning. So, you know, you can't really come in on your first day and, and be ready for that promotion, or you can't come in on your first day and say, you know, this is too easy. I'm ready for the next big thing. Um, so coming in and just with that beginner's mindset of I'm going to listen to what they want to train me on. I'm going to understand what they want to teach me. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to take good notes. And then I'm going to go out and show, hey, I can do this thing and um, I can manage the stress very well kind of thing. Um, and then from there, you know, you kind of gain the trust of that manager and show them that you are the person that they can go to. You can be their go to person. Um, and then when it comes time for those promotions and opportunities, you know, whether it's you creating it for yourself or whether it's a new opening, you're going to be the first person that comes to mind because you've shown you're capable, you're confident, you're knowledgeable you know, you're able to get it done and you've been trusted with it before. So I think that's kind of what's worked for me at least and what advice I would have for other people. I love it, man. Well, it's clear too, like, like I said before, it's like, you're obviously a super humble guy and, you know, I can imagine very easy to work with and work for as well, which I think is huge. Uh, now we've got, we did have a couple of other questions come through. So I know sure. Rob was asking a question. He just said, um, and maybe we'll just add, do a couple of these questions and then, uh, what I advise yeah. everybody out there too is like, I'll put Nick's uh, profile on this live as well. So just go connect with him, uh, follow his content. And this might also give you some good ideas as well for like different things you could talk about. But uh, yeah. Rob just said, any tips, tricks, resources that come to mind to match candidates' skills to open roles? 
I mean, I think every you have to think about transferable skills for stuff a lot of the time. So um, I think breaking down what is like an actual position or what is a job description asking you for in um, turning that into like a competency and turning that competency into relating it back to the job description. So for example, um, if we have a position here for like a customer service rep who's going to be dealing with uh, emails from customers asking about, you know, can I exchange this order, whatever it is, you know, for a retail product. Uh, and we get an application from someone who's, let's say, a paralegal. Uh, those maybe aren't necessarily the same. But if the medium that we're using here, we're, we're pretty much all email or chat based. And a paralegal is going to be someone who's a very strong writer. They're going to be used to quick turnarounds. They're used to you know, doing that kind of thing. Um, those are transferable skills, strong writing, attention to detail, um, able to, you know, have quick turnarounds that might be someone with transferable skills would be open to considering. I think we're really usually open to like three quarters of the job scope being covered by competencies. Um, I think what makes us unique and what thrives for us is we really like these kind of like weird brain creative types. Like we like people that are going to come in and have these ideas and kind of, you know, raise us up another, um, notch. So people who have those transferable skills, but they also bring like um, any kind of like pitch on why or a deck or, you know, something where they've proven themselves aside from just the work and showing that they really have like a passion to be part of the team. Um, when all those things combine with transferable skills, that, that helps out. Yeah, I love that. And I think too, that I mean, it goes the same way. Like if you're looking for a job, you're interviewing for a job and you're 75% of the way there. It's like you said before, it's getting those stories of like, what have you done? And at the end of the day, you're selling what you've done to what you can do. And you're telling that story and you're kind of selling yourself on that. So uh, yeah. I love that. Well, last question here too, because I think this is a really good one. Um, how do you balance that time to fill metric with your approach on less ATS automation and on more viewing more resumes as you can? I know you kind of alluded to that. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious about that too, because obviously you guys get a ton of inbound uh, applications. So, like, how are you? How are you kind of balancing that? And like, how do you how do you encourage your team to to break down their days as well? Yeah, I guess the short and fortunate answer is because I came in and no one was running the ATS. The data in there was so dirty. I would say like there was wrecks that would be filled but left open. Um, and so we started fresh with a new ATS and we're still kind of getting a baseline for like, what is our, what is good for us? And like, what is our expectation for us? Obviously I have an idea of what I want my time to fill to be. Um, and we've been sticking to it. I think a lot of it is the applications that do come in, um, we're able to get through them pretty quickly. I mean, the ATS is now, they're pretty efficient. You know, you open it up and boom, right there is the resume. Um, there's really simple things like, you know, if you're hiring for a software programmer and the most recent position has nothing to do with software, you kind of look down, none of the extracurriculars have to do with software. I mean, unfortunately, probably going to save that one to be a better fit for another role. Um, you know, you set aside chunks of time. So I'm a really big proponent for my team of time blocking their day. Um, so, you know, first hour of every day, somewhere in the afternoon, I ask them that they put like an hour block specifically to dedicate to, you know, reviewing resumes. I think I want to make sure like people who apply have the opportunity to be seen. Um, we want to make sure we're con considering as many people and as like a diverse slate as we can. So 
the best way to do that is the people who are reaching out and have an interest in joining our team and are passionate about what we do, um, make sure they get seen. So I think time to fill hasn't been the biggest thing for us. I think the biggest things for us have been defining what is recruiting at Barstool, what is our value proposition to candidates, what is even the process. Um, it was at the beginning, it was simple stuff like even setting up email templates or offer letter mm -hmm. templates. So um, a lot of it was just building. And I think now that we're at a point where we have the actual, I'll say like the wheels built for the car, now it's the time that we can start thinking about, okay, well, what are the metrics we want to stick to? What are the performances that we expect from ourselves? I think candidate experience to me is a little bit more of a focus um, at the moment. Like we want to make sure we're being quick and efficient with the people who get through the interview and that it was positive informative. They felt like they were treated with respect and kindness and you know, felt like they understood what they were going through. Um, if it and are most, are most of the hiring managers like on board with that too? I'm always curious about that. Like, is that something that you've seen, like, you know, looking back maybe even like two or three years ago to now, like, have you seen like an improvement in terms of just willingness to like, Hey, we know we got to speed up feedback. We know we got to speed through the, the process. We know that you know, if we're not moving quickly, we're going to lose people. Like, is that the mentality or is that still kind of a hard sell for hiring managers? I think here it's, I've been met with open arms with all this. Um, I think coming in as the first person, a lot of these people, you know, they came from other companies where they were used to having recruiting teams and they were used to kind of having help and coming in here. And when there was nobody before me, they were like, I have to do this all myself. Like, so all these ideas that I have, all these things I want to implement, you know, the things that I tell them they have to, you have to put in a scorecard, you have to do this interview kind of thing. Um, they're open to it because they understand like, this is going to help them. It's going to fill that open role they have. Um, you know, and so it's something that they've all been pretty open to. Luckily, I think I haven't really gotten any pushback from the managers here at all. Awesome. I love it. Well, I, I know, um, uh, I was going to say too, I, do you, do you have a, do you have like coaching as well on the side for job seekers? I saw that on your profile or, or like some sort of some resources that people can, uh, can use. Yeah. Um, if people want to reach out, I have my website, nickmarticelli.com. You know, I can help with interview tips and coaching. I can help with resume writing, you know, really whatever people need help with. Obviously that's entirely separate from Barstool and <laughs> I can't really help you with Barstool related stuff. Um, but you know, if someone's looking to get advice on their career, trying to switch jobs. Um, happy to take looks at resumes. I've rewritten resumes, whatever people really need help with. Um, happy to kind of share what goes on um, through a recruiter's eyes when I look at their resume or cover letter or LinkedIn kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. And I, I noticed that too, because it was just on, on the profile. So I would say with like any of these other questions as well, I know Carla had another question. Uh, definitely just reach out to Nick directly, follow him. Um, you know, obviously if you send him a message or you want to reach out to him, like just be patient. Like we all get lots and lots of people reaching out as recruiters just in general. Uh, but just definitely like leading with, with patience with that. But uh, I want to just say thanks to everybody who's out there. We got Nathan, Carla, I'll give like this guy right here. Everybody knows Nathan because he did that selfie where he was like, I'm going to hunt down your people or I'm coming <laughs> for you or whatever. He went absolutely viral, but great guy. Uh, Leda, great to see you as well. We've got, uh, let's see, Elena, Melissa, Ray, Jacob. Um, appreciate all of you guys uh, chiming in as well. And again, connect with Nick on, uh, on LinkedIn and uh, he's on other platforms as well, but definitely connect with him. And again, I appreciate your time. 
Any uh, any kind of like last thoughts you want to leave people with, or anything else that you want to uh, you want to mention before we sign off here? I think you really covered it all. Yeah, definitely come follow me on LinkedIn. What questions do you have for me about the right. job? Well, well, maybe I'll have to do one of these, and I can interview you. Um, but yeah, if, if everyone wants to come follow, I'm really enjoying being able to share more about Barstool Sports, being able to share some uh, just recruiting and job hunting memes here and there in general, and uh, loving and just engaging with other people's content. So um, happy to just be introduced to you all. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. And I know everybody does too. We're getting some great reviews. So again, guys, I'm going to be on vacation next week. You probably saw I'm going to be out of uh, the office for the next uh, 10 days to seven business days. Probably a good thing because it was getting pretty heated today with that whole CEO crying and uh, maybe made a wrong comment on there. But anyway, um, I'm taking some time off. So next week we won't have an episode, but we're going to have an episode uh, the week after. Uh, so if you want to be a guest or you, know, you think someone would be a great guest, open to uh open to people reaching out uh, again nick really appreciate you thanks so much for uh, your time and uh great work that you're doing at barstool as well looking forward to seeing more content from you and everybody else we will see you in the next couple of weeks take care guys and then we will end this broadcast